Hey everybody, welcome back to Advanced Kayak Angler Podcast. I appreciate y'all tuning in as always. Uh, live from my mother-in-law's house. We're staying here while we're having our house built. Hopefully the internet holds up. If not, it'll all be audio only. Just trying to test this out this week. So hopefully it's not too many issues. You can see all the Auburn stuff in the back. And there's an Auburn Christmas tree too. So definitely, uh, you know, Auburn over here. Um I don't have a whole lot of news this week. The only I just read that the Michigan State head football coach was fired because he sexually harassed the woman who does the sexual harassment training for the team. I just, yeah, that's dummy of the way. <laughs> that's true. That's crazy. Uh, all right, that's it. We're going to go ahead and get going here. All right, so welcome back to the show. We got Russ Snyders, man. Thank you for being on. Thanks for being on, Daniel. Yeah, the man himself having a great year as always. Um, right now, you're leading Bassmaster Angler of the Year, right? I am. Yeah, on uh, into the final fifth and final tournament of the year over in uh, Susquehanna River in Pennsylvania in a few weeks. Looking forward to that one. But I don't know if Nick's going to it because he was on my uh, he, he was on my team. I, I don't know if he's going or not. I haven't asked him. He, uh, you know, he we were on the KFL team together, the Kane Fishers. Yeah. Yeah, you guys had you guys had a good year this year too, huh? Yeah, we won it last year. We didn't do it this year and do the the new okay. deal. But uh, yeah, I remember you won that one last year. You had, I mean, you you personally have had a, a pretty good year. I've seen you've been cashed some checks, winning a couple, and uh, yeah, I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, year I'm not leading Bassmaster Angler of the Year, but next year my goal is to come out and fish them all. So I mean, we'll see what kind of schedule Steve puts up. But uh, if anybody's looking for a housemate, holler at me. I know you're on that Dakota team, and you got the awesome truck set up. But uh, anybody, so I'm, I think next year I'm gonna go. I really wanted to like, because the last couple of years I'm been fishing some national stuff and the KFL stuff, and. This year, I wanted to take a step back, just do local, kind of, I felt like I had a couple of holes in my game, so I kind of wanted to fill those, and now I feel better after, you know, going back on the trail next year, so. Yeah, Steve, I was doing a good job running, and if you're going to commit to one, uh, the Bassmaster is definitely a good one to to commit to, and I've heard a little bit of what the schedule is going to look like, and uh, I'm definitely excited about it. Heck yeah. The, uh, my father-in-law actually, uh, whose house he's passed away now, but he's the one that got me into bass fishing and, you know, he was, uh, he won the bass, uh, there's the, like the local trail here. It's like Birmingham Bassmasters and he has a whole room full of trophies. I mean, he's the one that got me into it because I grew up saltwater fishing down on the coast in Biloxi. I moved up here and met my wife and his partner had passed away and it's like, I need a partner. And, uh, so I learned to bass fish. I had to learn real quick. But uh, but yeah, I think just going out and fishing and since he was part of Bassmaster, you know, giving it a shot kind of, you know, yeah. for June. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited sure, to see I'm sure I'll, Yeah, I'm sure I'll be humbled, but I'll I'll give it a shot. Yeah, you, you, she's been holding your own in a lot of these tournaments. I'm sure you're going to do just fine. Uh, yeah, you do a lot of like fishing and, and sea trout and inshore fishing on the coast? Or yeah. In the- yeah, just in, because I'm from Biloxi, you have to go 15 miles out to actually hit like anything more deeper than 15 feet from Biloxi. Like you either have to, because if you're looking at the, if you're looking at Mount, kind of, you have the horseshoe of the, from Venice, Louisiana. And we would have to, we would go 22 miles out on my dad's 18 foot center console 
like handmade in Louisiana. It's a little <laughs> That's a long ride for both that, that size. Uh, a 90 horse Johnson, we would go so far south that we would hit Louisiana and we would be in Louisiana waters because whenever you go straight out from Biloxi, Mississippi, you eventually hit Louisiana water. And, uh, but the fishing's not so good in Mississippi. It's unbelievable in Louisiana. Like we would drive two hours over south of New Orleans and Chalmette and, you know, I don't even want to say some of the other towns because they're so good, but some of those other places. Into the if anybody knows where into the world ramp, and you can look it up uh, down there if you really care. And uh, oh. we, it, it would it would take longer to drive to to there than than it would to limit out with five red fish, five red fish, and twenty full <laughs> trout a piece. I've like, still been wanting to go to that area. I've been to Pensacola, but never, never that section of Louisiana there. <clears throat> but I know a lot of that fishing translates over to bass fishing so much. It's yeah. You know, I've, I've talked to quite a few guys that have made the transition to that. You know, sea the trout and the redfish and flounder, all that inshore stuff in the Gulf, and transitioning to uh, the bass. Garrett Wade is another good example. He's done a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, and Dustin, I mean, you can look at Dustin Nichols down in Texas. Mm -hmm. and he, he competes on both, and he's great at Yeah, it's Ma Matthew Vane is another one. But, yeah, I, it's a lot of fun doing that. It's cool you got to grow up doing that, that kind of fishing. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot simpler. Like, we didn't get, you know, my dad, it was, he only fished to eat. He, he didn't eat, he didn't fish for the sport of it. So, like he he has never went bass fishing with me at all. Like he won't. Really? Sport fishing just doesn't make sense to him. He's too practical for that. But uh, but yeah. Oh, you said your father-in-law is the one that did a lot of the bass fishing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <clears throat> Bill, did you fish a lot of saltwater out in California growing up? I did. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot different than the saltwater fishing out in the Gulf. Um, uh, my, my dad had a little, it was more of like a little cuddy cabin kind of family boat, but we go out, out, out the gate and yeah. do salmon fishing a little bit. Uh, there's like some islands are about 25 miles out of the gate called the Farallon Island. We go out there and go for rockfish and lingcod and, you know, bottom fish type of stuff, which a lot of that's pretty similar to, to offshore, you know, structure bass fishing, just finding a little ledges. Yeah. Vertical jig and a lot of that stuff. So root your electronics and but um yeah, and in the bay I did a lot of like striper fishing. Um the stripers they went you know out on the beach. I do surf fishing for those. They come in the bay and then they go all the way up into the California Delta, um, which is where I spend a lot of time doing a lot of bass fishing there as well. Yeah. Growing up. But a little bit of everything. That's a nice nice thing about, you know, living where I did and got a Kind of taste of everything, like the saltwater, freshwater, some of the fly fishing up in the Sierras and stuff. So I, I like but it all for sure. The um, I like the last time I used to be really into wading fishing, and we would go out to the islands. Twelve miles out, they have islands. And what I'm there's actually a um, like a Civil War fort, and it's oh, cool. You know, it's called Ship Island. You can go out there and do a tour. If anybody ever goes to Biloxi, the beaches are not man-made. I mean, they're man-made. They're not natural. They used to be cypress trees. But it, but you can take a, a ferry boat out to the islands, and it's beautiful. Nobody's out there. It's like Panama City, but nobody's there. I mean, it's it's really is amazing out there. But the uh, I used to wait for We would go out there, and then we'd fish around the island. The last time I went, you would have a stringer, a floating stringer on you that would, well, you know, go a ways out from you. 
and I had a bunch of fish on it. Now I got schooled up by a bunch of sharks and they were like eating a fish off my stringer and I was like, oh, run my like, you can only scare them off so long before they... I would have just cut the stringer at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, they ate all the fish, and then I bet they saw them. Yeah, they when, once all the blood was in the water, they still saw me. So they were, they were, I mean, they were gonna be a picture maze. So I think they were need a metal basket, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was enough. All right, so the reason we got you on, why I got you on, is to talk about. First, we'll we'll talk about top waters because I'm really interesting. I, I, like, I'm really interested. Like, how much about all what which what's your first like what categories of top waters do you normally bring in the kayak? I I use just about all different kinds of top water from from uh, buzz baits, wake baits. I mean, if we're gonna pick them all apart, I guess buzz baits, wake baits, frogs, and uh, even frogs. You can, you know subcategorize into hollow belly frogs and, and you know like the horny toads or the soft plastic yeah. frog toads. Um, <clears throat> poppers, spooks. Uh, and there's different kind of categories of the spooks, like uh, like the pencil poppers. You know, a few different varieties of those walking baits. Yeah, and whopper ploppers. So it's a pretty broad category, and I, I think you know, yeah. kind of talking about when when I throw each top, each kind of top water has its time and place, uh, depending on a, on a number of things. Whether there's you know vegetation or not, like a buzzbait or frog will go through better vegetation, or if they're schooling fish, where I'm gonna you know work a top water a little faster or something you know like if i'm just kind of target orientated casting the sides of docks or something like that might use a little popper so uh yeah i think it'd be kind of fun just to go over all the different categories the rods the reels the lines that i throw them on and just kind of when and where i like throwing each of those baits well let's so what, what how about poppers we'll start there um okay some poppers uh just that, that that that's one i'm actually like i understand you know, when you're supposed to throw them, where you're supposed to throw them. It seems like I'm, it's not a bait I ever have a lot of success with, though. Okay, yeah, poppers are good, especially, I mean, there's a number of different places to throw them. I said the time I'm most likely to throw them, it's, it's, more, it's more of a finesse bait. It's something I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, twitch it and let it, let it sit for a little bit. Um you know, not not trying to really cover a lot of water, but really hit those little ambush points or targets where you know that they're sitting. It's also a bait that's going to be good uh, during a shad spawn or something like that, uh, when you can really match that something that's a top water that's a little smaller in size and profile. I mean, they make bigger poppers too, but uh, for the most part, the poppers I like throwing the uh, yellow magic uh, is a really good one, and then. The um, Strike King makes a good little popper. I've got a few of those. Uh, another good popper is a River to Sea Bubble Pop. The They make like three different sizes. I like the the medium size, not the short fat one, but that, the one that's might be the bigger one. It's a little bit longer. Uh, that's a good one if there's a little bit of wind on the water and it throws out a, a really good pop. If you're, you know, it's not as finessey as like a Yellow Magic is. Uh, well, Magic, why do you why yellow magic? It's pretty similar. It just has like that's one KVD. He turned me on. I mean, we started throwing that a long time ago, back in the day. He's the one who kind of, uh, yeah, who, who 
who I heard about using it and a few of the other elite guys were using that yellow magic. And it's, it's something that's really similar to like the Rico or the, uh, it's just about getting just that right pop where a lot of times I don't like it to bubble over. I like it to spit water rather than do, sometimes you use poppers and it'll kind of just like boom, boom like that. And it'll like create like a big bubble. Uh, I like the ones that spit water just a little bit more. Um, and usually when I'm using a popper, I'm, I'm throwing on a lighter rod uh with braid almost all of my top water i throw with braid sometimes i'll throw a braid to leader uh with that one i actually like a small popper i like throwing my jerk bait rod which is a six foot ten or six foot nine i rod uh forget what the model number is but it's uh just a really really light rod i'll throw it with like 20 pound braid and a lot of times i'll put a leader like a 12 pound mono leader uh whenever i do use a leader for top water i always like mono instead of fluorocarbons because mono floats, fluorocarbon will sink. Um, so I, I like using a, a mono leader, one so the, especially if the water's clear, the fish can't see it as well, uh, but also it adds just a little bit of absorption or absorption having that mono will just stretch just a little bit. And as you're fighting the fish, uh, that'll make a big difference too, as it, you'll lose, uh, I think a few less fish by having that mono leader as opposed to just going straight braid. Are, are, are you using straight braid on your jerk baits or just uh, I do use a leader braid to fluorocarbon on jerk yeah. baits or straight fluoro it depends on on gotcha. yeah just how long I'm trying to cast a lot of times with the uh, a lot of times with the fluorocarbon on a long cast you can get like a sharper more erratic action so I like that that braid to fluoro uh, so if I really need that sharp action uh, I'll switch to the braid and sometimes if the water's really, really clear though, that braid, even though you have a little bit of a leader, uh, sometimes I'll go just with the straight fluorocarbon, especially if I'm trying to get the jerk bait a little deeper and, um, and that, you know, I'm, I'm working it slower, that fluorocarbon will sink a little bit, but, but yeah, anyways, let's talk about top. Right, I'm there, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, uh, I don't know what else I could say about Throwing a popper, those are a few of my favorite ones. Uh, typically throw, yeah, 20-pound braid. Sometimes if I'm throwing the River to see Bubble Pop, I'll probably use 30-pound braid. Uh, sometimes I'll go straight braid. And a lot of times, though, I really do like having just a little bit of a mono leader, 12 to 15-pound. Okay. So I guess the step up from there would be walking baits, spooks, things like that? Yeah. Uh, so a spook... I mean, they could make a few different sizes. I use everything from, um, I mean, a lot goes into that category as far as the spook. The Zara Super Spook is, is kind of the, uh, the standard, and then they make other baits. Oh, did I lose you? I'll just keep talking. I think he's gone. Um, so they make other baits like uh, Reaction Innovations Vixen is a really popular one. Uh, and then Lucky Craft Gunfish is another kind of hybrid between a walking bait and a pencil popper. It has a little bit of a cupped lip, uh, but all those walking baits kind of have their own their own purpose. Um, the 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 spook I think all work when they really want to slow retrieve, and I'm just like really giving it hard walks, and then just letting it sit there. You can really get it to walk in place. Pretty good on a uh, super spook or a super or a spook junior is another one if I want a little smaller profile. Um, the vixen is something that I'm going to work a little bit faster. Uh, doesn't have as as hard of a knock, 
going back and forth. Uh, it's a little different pitch noise, a little higher pitch noise, and it's something that I'll throw, um, you know, if there's a little bit of wind on the water um, and something that will, um, yeah, still call fish up. It's got, a, you know, does make a lot of noise and uh, it'll call fish up from a little bit deeper water. Use it a lot in like really clear water when the fish are, you know, coming down from 10, 15 feet deep. Uh, that vixen's a good one. Uh, another walking bait that I mentioned is the gunfish and made by Lucky Craft. Uh, I really like that one when, oh, are you there? Sorry, I I was back there. I just didn't bring myself back in. Okay. I just kept my bad, man. I was listening to you. Uh, what, uh, why all the hype around the Vixen? Is it is it not the new one, just the old one? I have some. I remember I bought a bunch of those when they first came out, man. I bought a bunch of them, and uh, some of them I sold. At one point, I was getting like 75 bucks a piece for those things because I still had them in the package and all that, and then somebody knocked them off, and... Not uh, yeah, they made another one, but I guess it wasn't quite the same as uh, some of the old ones. And now I heard the new one is supposedly like just like the the original that people been liking. But it's a good it's a it's a good walking bait where you can you know work it a little bit faster than a spook. Uh, I'm not typically using it too much on schooling fish. Uh, it's more for, I like, I like that bait for, for calling fish out of a little bit deeper water, especially if I'm around clear water. Uh, I'll, you know, walk it a few times. I'll kind of do a few hard walks, a few fast ones, and then let it pause. It, it can kind of do a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, but it still sits nice and, and level when you pause it. Um, and then there's, you know, other walking baits I, uh, would be, uh, like the Lucky Craft Sammy is one that I used to use a lot more. I don't use it quite as much, but that's a bait where when you stop it, it doesn't sit level horizontal like this. The tail end will kind of sit down. So uh, because of that, that, that's a type of bait where you really want to just keep it moving, keep it walking, and don't let the fish get a good look at it. I don't use that as much. Well. I tend to use the gunfish instead in that circumstance more than the sammy uh, that's a bait I, I really like for schooling fish uh it casts really well for its size it's still a pretty small profile uh, it has a little bit of a cupped lip where it spits a little bit of water and it, it's it's almost like a pencil popper it's really a cross between like a spook and a pencil popper <clears throat> and uh you know i i like that that um that gunfish quite a bit when they're schooling and there's just a little either calm or just a little bit of wind if it does get a little too windy like the wind kicks up a notch that's when i like going to the actual pencil poppers uh like the evergreen shower blow or um so what's that one it's called the one is that reaction innovations i don't know yeah it's um paycheck that's an old one yeah I guess about well, one of my questions is there's so many different categories. There's so many different colors. There's so many different rattles. Mm -hmm. How in the world do you know what to carry, which ones to carry? Like, do, do you have a sound like one knocker, regular knocker? Yeah. Sometimes the, another good one is the, the one knocker. It's not the super spook. It's, it's, um, just a one knocker spook. It's a little bit smaller than the super spook, which is a good, it's a good size. The super spook's a little big. Uh, I've caught a lot of fish on it, but I haven't actually don't throw it as much as I used to, but that, 
um, you know, that one knocker is a, a really good one. Sometimes it's just the sound, you know, it's a, you know, certain sound they'll, they'll key into. And a lot of it's just like trying different lures, you know, if they're on a topwater bite, I'll, I'll switch lures a lot and just keep, you know, keep changing things up until, uh, until I find something they like. But, but a lot of times just looking at the conditions, I at least have a few baits that I, that I know, okay, it's going to be like one of these. Uh, as far as, like I said, with the, the wind or, um, you know, where I'm, where I'm throwing it, uh, or the size of the bait or all kind of things that I can, um, yeah, just from being time on the water and kind of knowing, you know, the conditions and what, what has worked in the past, I guess. What what about colors? And you're just trying to match the hatch or, you know, Not only that, I keep, yeah, I, I keep it pretty simple because they're, you know, they're just looking up at the bait and, uh, really the only color you need something with a, a white belly, you know, um, I'll have something with a white belly, uh, chrome can be a good one. Something that's really flashy, like a chrome has a lot of reflectiveness, um, something that's transparent or you can, you know, really see through the bait quite a bit, especially in really clear water. Uh, and then I'd say... Uh, a bluegill pattern, especially in summertime, with with a lot of top water. I I really like throwing bluegill pattern top waters. Uh, and then another thing would be just like a black, uh, like a silhouette or a black. And I don't think you need to. You don't really need anything more than than that. You can keep keep it pretty simple. All right. So, is there anything we missed in that category, or what? What's next? I guess. Um, I guess with the walking baits, I do usually step it up with either 30 to 40 pound braid, a little bit longer rod. Uh, the, I like a, I rod Lone Star Special, which is a seven foot three, uh, like medium power, uh, or my signature series Snyder Sniper, uh, with like 40 pound braid, uh, for some of the bigger top waters, like a, a super spook or even a Vixen, uh, the gun, you can throw it with a, with a gunfish too. Um, so, and, and that's just to get a longer cast on baits. Yeah, longer cast. Uh, it's pretty much rule of thumb for me is, yeah, a lot of times, even if you're throwing the same bait, you know, I don't have a certain rod for that certain bait. It'll depend on where I'm fishing that bait. Like if I'm throwing, you know, say I'm throwing a, a gunfish or something like that and making bombing, you know, fish are busting and I'm bombing long casts, I'm going to use a rod like my Snyder Sniper, which is a seven foot five. Uh, and if I'm throwing that same bait, you know, just going down the bank, throwing it on the edges of laydowns and stuff like that, seven foot five is going to be too long. I'll, I'll go something closer to a seven foot rod, uh, for that. And so, um, yeah, it just depends on, on where you're fishing it, whether it's making long casts on grass flats or busting fish, or if you're, you know, targeting ambush points and stuff like that and need to do short accurate casts then i'm going to use a shorter rod but no matter what on a on top water especially with treble hooks uh especially with using braid you're going to want something with a really soft tip and yeah 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 i'd even use like I'd, if i was using you know doing really short casts around laydowns i'll even use like a crankbait rod like a seven foot crankbait and a glass rod you know uh, or composite, really. The one I'd use would be a composite uh, seven foot if I was doing short casts with a smaller top water. Uh, if it's really small, like a little poppers, when I use my jerk bait rod. But uh, not not to go off topics, but how many? It sounds like you do a lot of 
spray to fluoro. How many different pools of uh of uh uh line? I can't brain fart, but the um leader line. Good lord. Uh, how many spools how much leader line different kinds of leader line are you bringing? I bring quite a bit. What I do actually it's a cool little trick. I did a little video at some point on my Facebook or Instagram, but I have all these little like sample spools that are about this size. I want to see if I have any right here. I don't know. They're about this size and it just came with like a hundred yards of line. I had a whole pack of them at one point when I was done using that. I kept those little spools. And uh, when I buy when I buy fluorocarbon or, or line in general, I actually buy the big giant bulk spools, but I'm not going to want to take those on my kayak with me so what i do is i keep these small little sample spools and i get a drill and i get a screwdriver where the head like the handle part of the screwdriver fits into the hole of the spool and then i put the metal part into the drill and then i'll just use the drill and i'll fill it from those big bulk spools that i have so i just load those up with leader line and i got i don't know about a dozen of them or so and i'll only put you know 30 40 yards on each of those little spools and i usually carry all, all fluorocarbon from six to 25 pound and for the mono i usually carry uh 12 15 17 pound mono wow so yeah you really do carry a lot out there a lot of line yeah but it's, it's all about just putting it on those smaller spools for leader line um yeah, like I said, with that drill, by yeah, using that drill, otherwise you're just <laughs> trying to like wind it on. I just like like that, and it'll just spin super fast and load that line on that little spare spool um, to hold them all together. I used one of those rubber eye, like the little bendable rubber yeah, eye there. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'll use those and just kind of load it through and yeah, be able to take them off really easy. Well, there you go. Russ Snyder is bringing more leader than you are on the, <laughs> the secret. We finally found your secret. There it is. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so poppers, walkers, at now my favorite. Ploppers, choppos. Which one? Chopper? Both. Chopper or With both of them. Both of them are good. I've used all different sizes and I've, um, I wouldn't say, I mean, I, yeah, I've caught a lot of fish on, on whopper ploppers and choppos, but I wouldn't say it's always my go-to. I'm starting to really get a feel of when and where I like them. And, uh, and it's usually when I, you know, when I want to cover water, uh, and they're keyed in to, you know, that steady, that steady movement, as opposed to sometimes they want something more erratic, you know, like a walking bait or something that's moving a little, you know, moving like that. And then Sometimes that just that slow, you know, medium paced, you know, bup, 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 like uh, like the ploppers do. Um, and in either scenario, I, I always like throwing the the whopper poppers when there's a little bit of chop on the water. Uh, usually, the bigger the chop, the bigger the uh, the bait I'm gonna use. If it's pretty calm, I'm typically using a smaller size uh, whopper popper. Um, or chopper, a little bitty one. I use that. I like the seven. I don't know that. What, what's the short fat one? That's the itty bitty one, the seventy-five, right? Okay, that's the kind of short, fatter one. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. It makes a little bit more noise. Uh, and pop. It's a, you know, it's similar to the ninety. I guess it's the next size, right? Uh, yeah, but the ninety is longer. You know, like the other one. A little longer, a little more finesse. Uh, that short one. 
the 75 has a little bit more thump, but a little bit smaller size. So both of those, I'll go back and forth between, I don't know if there's a time, you know, I could tell the, this one better in this circumstance or this one better. It just kind of depend. Maybe, you know, if the water is a little bit dirtier, I'd say that 75 might be a little bit better just because it makes a little bit more noise. Um, where that 90 I'm going to use when it's, it's pretty calm or frenetic. That's a good one for smallmouth too, or if you're in rivers and stuff like that. I like the 90 and, and I've used the 75, but, uh, you know, as the forage gets bigger or there's a little more chop, you know, if there's like a little six inch chop in the water, that little 75 or 90 just isn't, isn't going to call them up good enough. Uh, you're going to want to, you know, use the, was it the 110 or something, something in that range or even the big, you know, the big one. Um, do you have any sneaky alterations? I've heard people doing a, a few different things to ploppers and choppos. No, I haven't. What are some of the things that you've heard they, they've done? Uh, I, 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 I would, I'll tell you later. I, okay. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, uh, that's the bait that I've never done. I know. I'll throw that one just on straight floor. That's the, you know, straight floor carbon you can use. For the for the whopper poppers, just because you're you are constantly moving it, that doesn't matter. You know, sometimes you stop it too. There are times where, especially with that smaller one, where I'll just almost work it like a popper, and I'll just like bloop like that. I guess then I found the same thing. The seventy five works really great, like almost as a like you're saying, almost like a popper too. Yeah, yeah, the smaller size ones. I can't say that I've had that many times on the bigger size whopper poppers where I'm just popping it like that. Um, but with the smaller size ones, it can work good with that retrieve. Done. All right. So what, what <clears throat> is that still going to be like a seven, two, seven, three? Yeah. I thought that, especially if you're using braid, just having a little bit softer tip on the rod and, and pretty similar rods and stuff that I'd use for the walking baits, I'd say. Done. So, I mean, just the, you know, if anybody's just getting into fishing, like like Russ was saying earlier, you really have to have something where if you don't have a lot given in your line and you're using braid, you have to go with a softer rod, especially with braid. Like, yeah. Especially with treble hooks. And a lot of it's just, it's, you know, you want that rod to load up really nice on the cast. Uh, but not only that, it's once you hook the fish or the fish bites, you don't want something too stiff where it's going to pull it out of their mouth. That's another reason why sometimes having a mono leader can be nice. Uh, and then also when you're fighting fish, anytime you have treble hooks and you're fighting a fish and they're jumping, uh, if the rod's too stiff, especially if you have braid, uh, it could be a little easier for them to throw that bait as well. So, okay. The, um, all right. So we got now buzz baits. That's probably my favorite one. I haven't found it. I, I really want to hear your thoughts on like skirted, code, like all, all that. Tell me, tell me about your buzz baits, man. I make my own buzz baits. I get, um, I keep it pretty simple on them. Uh, I get my, my heads and the components from, from cast industries and they, uh, you know, you can kind of customize. Here's one right here. There's some heads too. Can you find them on The buzz bait heads that I use and, uh, I get it with a really heavy, stiff wire. This is actually the, the heaviest, the heaviest wire that you can get. Uh, unlike a spinner bait where you actually want a light wire because you get a lot of vibration from that wire. 
uh, the buzz baits, it, it doesn't matter. You don't need the light wire. I want something as heavy as possible uh, and something with a flat kind of head like that where it's going to ride up through grass. It'll help plane it out like a little bit easier. Uh, I use everything from some here's a quarter or quarter, three eighths to half ounce. Uh, and having the head match with the blade size is is really important if it's too big of a blade on too light of a head it's going to tend to roll over too easy you want it you want that blade to stay right you know right on top of the hook you don't yeah i think it's a little bit off it's okay but you don't want it to start to where it's like rolling over like that and if the blade's too big for the for the weight of the head that'll happen uh, and then if the blade's too small, then you're just going to have problems with it. Um, you know, you're going to have problems with it riding on the surface. Uh, so, um, so yeah, you want to really balance that blade with the head. And, uh, typically I just use the, uh, just two prong, like, let's see if I have you ever throw a double blade. I do. I have before. They make so many different types of, uh, uh a blade but i throw those double like clacker ones where they kind of clack against each other they also make a double blade where there's like a blade inside of a blade that one's cool too uh they make like a four wing plastic blade oh yeah i'm gonna use the plastic blade i don't do we even have video right now or are we just doing audio no no you're you're still video oh okay cool oh this is a con this is one of the blades i use around them i got the me anyways my standard yep. blade and this is actually where the wire they make one where the wire goes through uh, make one where the wire goes through the middle of it right here so it actually goes in both sides it's on this side and it's on that side oh, no. you can see that uh, and then they is make like an off just, is that just for more squeak you want that one um the squeak really is about where this piece right here a rivet. rubbing against the rivet right there and where and also like yeah where it goes through th this it'll rub on this and create the squeak out of that as well um this is probably my most most common blade that i use they also make like plastic ones if you want something that just really goes slow these little four-winged plastic ones are pretty cool you can they have clackers they have you know all sorts of different things uh let me see if i can find the one that isn't off center to also make one where it's um there we go there we go to make an off center one too and this one has more of like a thump to it where the the wire is on one side it doesn't go through the middle it just stays on one side of the blade like that right um but yeah, for the most part, the three eighths with this pretty standard blade, you see it on a lot of them. Uh, it's pretty common. That one works. I'd say this is the one I'd use the most. Um, but the most important thing with the buzz bait is just getting the squeak and getting the sound uh, and bending the wire a lot of times too. A lot of times I'll bend it so it's so it has the lower part has a bend like yeah. that to it, and I move this up just about like that, and then. If it's running off center, one thing that you can do is kind of bend the wire one way. I don't know if you can see that or not, one way yeah. or the other way. Um, that's an important thing. Like if it's running a little bit on its side, you can, you know, move it 
just like that. And then that'll correct itself. Yeah. Where it's going to, you know, where that head's going to be directly underneath the blade. So well, those little, what about, what, what about the buzz baits there? They kind of have the offset in the wire. Is that like a, like this one where it's on. No, like the in, in the, in the actual wire, it'll drop down. I wish I had a picture of one here. Like your like it comes like it comes out and then goes up and stuff. Yeah, I've seen some of the. I don't know. They they work too. I think was some old rod strainer spinner baits were made like that and a few other ones. This one's a pretty stand. I, I throw this one. I'd say this is the three eighths and the quarter ounce. Uh, ninety percent of the time now, I've just I've caught so much many fish on it, but got a lot of confidence in it. And uh, as long as it's got that nice down to it where it's squeaking a lot. It just, it, it works and I'll, I'll use skirts, uh, and I'll use toads as well. Uh, I like toads a lot better. I guess the only time I really would throw a toad instead of a skirt is if I'm need to skip it, whether it be underneath trees or underneath docks. If you put a toad on the back of it, it skips yeah. a heck of a lot better. If you just try to skip a buzz bait that has a skirt on it, you can't <laughs> really. So, uh, you know, I, it's, I'm really not you know if i'm going to be skipping i'm going to go to something else like a swim jig it seems like i'm usually not going to skip a buzz bait too much yeah that's a you can you could do it yeah I mean, there's times where you're around trees and stuff like that and just skipping it under trees it'll skip pretty good with a toad on the back of it um and i'd say seven probably over 80 percent of the time i'm just using the skirt instead of the toad uh, but there's time where, where that works there's times i'll throw just like a little you know, like a little dipper on the back of a quarter ounce one as well, or like a small swim bait. Um, and that's typically good for, for smallmouth or spotted bass and like clear waters when I typically do that. Are usually going to more like a, you know, a panel tail, like a beaver, but it actually kicks most of the time? Well, uh, I have a skirt or no, or no plastic. I use either... Uh, uh, you want to say it again with the what well, well, whatever you have skirted buzz bait and you're not doing the toad what kind of trailers besides a swim bait are you using i don't use i typically either use just the skirt or i put on um no skirt with just a swim bait i don't oh. use too many um yeah i don't use too many skirted buzz baits with trailers i've tried that before um and for some reason it, it bogs it down somewhere i don't know just at least on the ones that i make when i put a trailer on it it just doesn't squeak as good or sound as good it wants to ride a little bit lower um with the skirt and the uh and the trailer on there so i typically just use the skirt and it it works definitely it works just fine well i feel better because i've never been able to find the baby baby to do that combo i'm like yeah i don't I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You know, I throw a lot of buzz baits and I've tried the skirt with a plastic and it's like, it never works correctly. Yeah. I know typically it messes it up. Not to say that there isn't like a combination where it's balanced right to do that. Uh, but at least yeah. for the buzz baits that I make that I throw a lot, once I put, um, you know, once I put a trailer on there, it just doesn't, it doesn't work the same. Uh, a Largo shad, now that I'm thinking of it, another swim bait, if you just throw on a straight swim bait, that uh, Storm, what was it, Largo shad? That's a really good one, too, for a buzzer. Uh, 
I know uh, Justin Jacob Wheeler used to like that one a lot. The um, cool. Cool. so like in the fall, you're probably going to go to a swim bait more. Um, yeah, it just depends. Most times, I just go with the skirt, and like I said, if it's if I'm going spotted bass or uh, smallmouth, then and the water's pretty clear, then I'll put a swim bait on there. Or if they're really, really keyed on shad, or if they're just, you know, I can tell it's a topwater bite, but they're just not liking the skirt, then I'll start mixing it up with with that. And uh, as far as just using uh, like a horny toad is a really popular one on the back, like a black horny toad on a buzz bait is, is a really good lure. Now, I'll, I'll throw that too um, from time to time for some, but I'll always start out with just the skirt. And if for some reason, like I'm needing to skip it more or they just, want a little different profile or i feel that you know then i'll switch to the to the horny toad on the back or top you know any of those kind of toads toads damn the okay well again a buzz bait is one of those things where you could have just a infinite amount of combinations is there any kind of advice you give to people on you know like which ones are the primaries i guess uh, black with a little bit of red and a gold blade. That's that, that's what I like. I like a color. Black blade. Uh, gold blade. No, black, black and red skirt. Black, which is a little few strands of red, uh, with a gold blade is probably what I throw over half the time. Anyways, they're on a shad bite. You know, if they're if you know they're on bait fish or shad or something like that, then I'll throw the whites. You know, black, white. I actually throw like a little bluegill skirted buds bait it's been doing pretty good but either black or shad or sometimes a little blue gilly one that's that's about all you need for for that or you know yeah you can keep it pretty simple with the buzz bait why gold blade instead of like a black blade i've tried it with a black blade too and it works but they i've caught more fish on a black and red buzz bait with a gold blade than any other buzz bait by a lot big fish a lot of big fish on that bait See, I, I think I always throw, I just go with a chrome blade on everything. Maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know. They eat it. <laughs> that's for sure. That, that's why you're leading angler of the year, and I'm just a dude at, at his mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now frogs, like everybody's favorite. What a, oh, no, we, we didn't talk about rods. Uh, with the Buzzbait, pretty similar rods. I like uh, Lone Star Special 7'3", um, medium for with 30-pound braid for my quarter-ounce Buzzbaits. And for my 3.8s and half, I'll use my Signature Series Snyder Sniper with 40-pound braid. And what do you, when are you going to a quarter-ounce? More that fall? Well, eh, both. The water's a little bit clearer or just a little more finessey or just the sound. Uh, if the water's a little clear, yeah, mostly on like a lot of it's on water clarity. I'd say if the water's a little more pretty stained, I'll go more with the three eighths to make a little more noise, and it's a little clearer. I'll go with the quarter, unless it's like okay. if it's stained, it's like really shallow water or something like that. Then I'll probably go with the quarter. You're, I mean, after a few different things that you've went over, you're very into like whatever. I am. I, I mean, I, I mean, I knew this too, but. Fish in clear water, you really don't want them to get a good look at something. Yeah, and you're going to scale down, and you're going to, you know, or you could, you know, they'll eat really big swim baits in clear water too. So I guess it can go both ways. But um, but typically, if the water's clear, yeah, with at least top water baits, um, 
A lot of times I'll, I'll scale down, use stuff that's a little smaller and more finessey. And or like more translucent and moving it a little more transparent, moving a little quicker, all that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, it's sometimes easy to forget those simple things like that. And yeah, yeah. just having hear you say that, it's like, oh yeah, I need to pay more attention to that for sure. All right. So for all, I don't know how you're carrying, how much, man, how much gear do you carry on that? A lot. I carry a lot in my trail. I fill my black pack, my Akatek black pack, I fill up. And sometimes I have a little bit of extra room for like plastics in my cooler. And I also have a front hatch that I'll put some stuff in. But most of my stuff I carry, yeah, just in my truck or at wherever I'm staying, I carry a lot of gear and it's like a daily thing a lot of times where, you know, I'll fish one area and, um, you know, the conditions will be, one, you know, one way, the clarity or whatever. And then I'll, the next day I got to go fish a different part of the lake and I'll unload half of the stuff out of my Yak Attack uh, black pack and then, you know, re reload it with a bunch of bunch of new stuff you know on a pretty daily basis and just being really organized is really helps <laughs> for sure it's a little different yeah. when you're in a bass boat and you can just carry all your stuff just like right there it's uh, that's one thing about kayak fishing is you're kind of limited on how much gear you can bring and i, I like I like throwing just such a variety of different baits uh you know how you yeah so it's always it's always a struggle for sure to to get the right stuff in my kayak for the day yeah all right so frogs but uh do you have a go-to what what's your your number one like if you had to pull one out of the box what's that frog it probably would have been one of their original like snag proof frogs i've done i do a bunch of modifications to them to kind of make them just how I like them, uh, but there's so many new frogs out these days that I, I can't say that the old tried and true old you know snag proof that I have is works any better than some of these new ones that like the Cara Jackal Cara frog. That's a really good small one. Uh, the Spro popping frogs, all the Spro frogs really are are really good. Uh, they make a really big one. I forget what it's called. Cody was just showing me that one. That was fishing next. We'll throw them. Yeah, that one's pretty good. I got to get a couple of those. Those are pretty good. I can see how that works good, especially on like mats and stuff. Um, but just okay, just keep it down a little bit deeper. Like yeah, they just yeah, they just feel they could just feel just through the pad. It just moves more water and stuff, and that's a good one for fishing a lot of that duckweed and and matted vegetation. And I don't do like I. I I try to avoid frog fishing on like really thick, heavy, matted stuff where they have yeah. to come through it. Um, Book up ratios. It but... sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Not to say you can't catch giant fish doing that, and I have caught some giant fish doing that, but it's just for tournament fishing. It can be a heartbreaker more times than not. Where I really like throwing a frog is is doing, and it, you really break frog fishing down into like two categories. Even do doing that, you know, heavy slop, heavy vegetation, a matted type stuff. Where you know, especially if you're doing long casts, you need a you need a heavy like beefy rod for one getting a good hook set, and most of all pulling them through all that stuff. Uh, but the frog fishing I like doing. It's more just skipping under trees and around laydowns, around docks and stuff like that. Uh, more kind of like what Dean Rojas, you know, from the old day, yeah. the style of frog fishing that he did is is more what I'm about. For that, you can use a pretty light light rod. 
uh, you know, it doesn't, I'll use it with 50 pound braid, but, um, something that has a, uh, a light enough tip and a heavier backbone. And I, you know, I don't have, I don't have an actual eye rod that I could say I love for, for frog fishing for that really short cast tight quarters. I've been liking my signature series rod, seven foot five kind of gets it done. Some, especially some of those smaller frogs and stuff. Um, I have to think of what rod I would, I would throw. Uh, I haven't done a lot of frog fishing lately, but, uh, you know, yeah, but like a seven yeah. foot, I'll use a lot of times for that shorter stuff. I'll use like a, a seven foot, uh, frog rod. I know Ron Champion has, has his signature series, I rod frog rod, uh, it's a seven, eight. And that, that one's definitely more designed for like big mats and stuff like that. And I believe there's a new, I believe they have a new frog rod. I just don't have it yet. Um, but it's actually for more of that finesse, uh, frogging or short casting more in like open water. Uh, I, I typically always use 50 pound braid. Uh, it's really, really heavy covered matter vegetation with really big fish and you can go with 65. Uh, but typically 55 or 50 pound, like across the board is, is pretty standard for a frog. Uh, and if you are doing it where, you know, you are walking it and working it and stuff like those little popping frogs, uh, spro popping frogs, the care frogs or any of that, uh, something with a really light tip is, you know, I, I really believe in like a lighter rod than I'd say most people. And you can, you know, you'd be surprised as long as you have enough, enough backbone and you have that 50 pound braid. Uh, and you know, as long as you're not like bombing casts in the giant weed flats where it's long cast. Uh, if it's close quarters, like a lighter rod of 50 pound does just fine for those frogs. I think I, like I've had Randall Wallace on before and he's such good frog fisherman and he throws that, uh, the Daiwa, it was the one with the AGS air guides. Like it, it really is, it's, and even me, like my regular everyday frog rod is a seven one, um, like the icon cash and rod. Uh, I haven't had it for too long, but it's been really good. But you really want to spend some money on a good frog rod because it's it's one of those techniques that God just throwing it will absolutely destroy you. Especially yeah. trying to twitch it. Yeah. Like that's like quantum. Yeah, I used to be sponsored by Quantum back in the day and they had a, a signature series Dean Rojas frog rod. And I love I really did love love that rod. I still have it. Um, but it's uh, it's a seven foot and it's it's a really weird rod where it's like all backbone and then the tip is just super light. You go and like bend it and it's just all backbone, but it has this really light tip. It's like an extra, extra, extra fast rod. It was really, I've never seen a rod like it, uh, but it really was well designed and for the style of fishing that, that I do with a frog and what he does too is, is, uh, yeah, done pretty well. I like that rod. Colors. Just a black, white, green kind of. Yeah, you don't need to keep the carafrog. That little bluegill carafrog is pretty cool. Uh, it's hard to find a really good. There's not a lot of companies make a good looking bluegill frog. Like, can't say Spro has a good looking bluegill color that I know of, anyways. I wish they did, but that carafrog and the bluegill is good. Uh, otherwise, just white, black, uh, white and yellow, like some bullfrog, you know, a lot of, a lot of yellows and stuff like that can be good. Not like, necessarily bright chartreuse but kind of yellow yellow green one of my favorites actually is uh the old snag proof that i used to use was a was a brown one i painted the belly white 
and then I put some little black dots on it with a sharpie and I'd change out the legs to like brown and white legs and that used to be my go-to um back in the day the uh what do you want to give up the juice on some of these alterations you're doing yeah, I, are, 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 are you putting rattles in there, BBs to weigh it down? Sometimes I do that. I do that. I cut the legs and I put in like this clear. I wish I had one with me. I don't. Uh, I cut the legs off because the legs on the frogs kind of come straight down like this. Like this is the body of the frog and the legs come down. I actually cut the legs off and make a tube so it goes across. So the legs actually come out like this and then bend rather than them coming down. The reason for that is when I'm walking it, um, and then you stop it. If the legs are coming down, it just, when you stop it, it just does that. But the legs come out like this as you're walking it, you know, it's the legs are, yeah, that's better. are bent and then you stop and they just like, even after like 10, 15 seconds, they're still like moving and expanding and trying to straighten out to the sides. So, uh, that's like another, that's a secondary action. Yeah, just when you when you stop and pause it, those legs are still like moving out. And there's only a few companies that have them where the legs are completely out to the sides like that. Um, but that was a modification I really did. Another thing, I change out the hooks with like a extra wide gap, extra wide gap EWG hook, frog hook, and uh, another thing I'll do is on the nose of it, I'll get some like 30 pound braid. I'll wrap it around the rubber on the nose because a lot of times that's where it breaks is like right in that nose like the rubber will, will split right there by tying some braid around that and putting some super glue another modification that i do a lot uh, and i'd paint them up and stuff and change out the legs to different colors sometimes you like glue? rattle huh like that do you like glue velcro to the top like the boom boom frog Oh, what, what do you use that for again? I saw that, and I remember it was a cool hey, idea. It'd be something okay. where the teeth grab onto it. Oh, okay, where like the cert, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool idea. Yeah, where the top teeth like will catch on that Velcro, so it's harder for it to spit out. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, Fred Romanis's frog, right? Yeah, I man, I've like super glued the top to try to get more texture on it, and... I mean, I've done all kind of dumb shit with a frog. Yeah. <laughs> like everything. Like I poke so many holes in them, then they hold water. And I've, I've ruined it for you toying around with them. Yeah, that's one thing. When they start, you don't want one where it starts leaking all that water into it and starts thinking. That's annoying for sure. Yes. Yeah, you're squeezing that all them. Yeah. And have you ever throw the Strike King one, the pop and perch? Yeah, uh, not the perch. I've seen that. I got a. I found a strike king. It wasn't a popping one. I didn't know what it was, and uh, I found it. I don't know somewhere. I forget where I was. Uh, I was just sitting on the surface there, and then I put it on and started catching fish on it right away. I'm like, oh, it's nice. Whenever I find a lure at a certain fishery, <laughs> I can tell you how many times where I just tie on that lure and start catching fish. Uh, but that striking one's a good one too. They make so many different frogs nowadays. I guess with the standards are, are the Spros um, and the Kara frogs, this would probably be in there in the old snag proofs. Probably like my three favorites. Are you are you boiling them or anything like that? Mm -mm. No. no, sometimes yeah, sometimes they're yeah. You definitely want the right hardness. Sometimes the Spros are they're inconsistent, or sometimes you kind of squeeze them down. It's just right, and other times it's a little too stiff. For sure. Damn. Okay. 
So, any other, what other topwaters? The... Do toads? Toads, yes. Toads are probably, honestly, probably my favorite, like a top toad. Yeah. Man, I've, I've got a real soft spot in my heart for a top toad. They're good. I just, yeah, started using the, the, the Wisconsin. I'll throw that around a little bit. What's the other one? They make the ribbit and then the top toad, but the, the top toad's a really good one. Uh, moves a lot of water. Another, um, there's the horny toad, which is a pretty popular one. I'll throw that a lot with a spring lock hook and a, a, a five-aught owner spring lock hook. Um, sometimes you can put just a little bit of weight, like a 16th ounce weight on the nose, just like Texas rig a little bit, or use a little bit of a belly-weighted um, EWG. Yeah, and just get a little bit of weight. That's a good one for, you know, those toads a lot of times you can reel on those. Works really good for for grass mats where it's really weedless. You can still cover a little bit of water, has a little bit of action, and it's nice when you want to reel it. And then there's a little hole in the weeds or something like that, and then you can just let it kind of sink down in there. Um, most times, if I'm using a toad, or not all the time, but there's just you know a handful of times where that was really the the deal where. You know, you reel on the surface, and if you just keep reeling, they wouldn't hit it. But it's, you know, you reel it into an open area, and then just let it kind of sink down. Um, that's a that's a good one to do. And all same thing, I'll throw that with braid, forty pound braid, typically. Um, just okay. one, just eating cast a little bit further. Go get solid hooks. Yeah, just getting solid hook sets with that with a toe, whether it's a frog, like a hollow belly frog, or a toad. You can't, especially with a hollow belly frog, you cannot throw, you have to use braid. If you try to use it a straight floor, hardened or mono, you, you will not have good results. Same thing really with those, those toads, I would say. Um, unless it's just for some reason, like very, you know, pretty open water, but when they, when they grab it and you're, you're around, you know, a lot of vegetation like that and they make make a turn or, you know, turn in that vegetation, you want no stretch in your line at all, you, you know, because a lot of times there'll be a little bend in your line, they'll be around some weeds, and even with the braid, sometimes you'll miss fish. You know, it's a big part of missing fish when you're in those heavy grass mats or uh, you just want as solid a hook set as possible. Speaking of missing them with a frog, do you have a... I'm sure it probably depend. It's depending on the structure of vegetation. But do you have a favorite backup? You know, like a comeback bait. Uh, it's a fluke typically. I'd say yeah. more times than not, or Sanko, depending on where you're at, I guess. Um, but most of the time a fluke. I'd say would be my number one backup bait or follow up bait. No. Yeah, yeah uh, follow up bait. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What ratio, because I, I talked to, we had, I had Garrett Morgan on for too long, not too long ago, and he was talking about frogs. How often are you throwing us like a smaller frog to a bigger one? Uh, those Kara frogs are about the smaller, small, small. I have some of the small sprows as well. Those, those work all right, but those jackal Kara frogs um, are definitely on the smaller size. And I throw those a lot. Yeah, they work good. Um, like just depends. Yeah, yeah, I'd say fifty-fifty, or at least well, at least thirty percent, third of the time between that one, the uh, the spro frogs, style frog, whether it's the pop popping or the regular one, or 
uh, the old snag crew. The snag crew ones, I kind of put longer legs on those. I like those a little earlier in the air, like around the spawn. That's when I really like to use those ones that I modify. Just better profile. Yeah, I think it's just with the way the legs come out, and I, I, I use that more when I'm kind of dead sticking or just working it really slow. Uh, around bedfish and stuff like that when it's you know you stop it and those legs are still just like moving out really really slow and something about that with the spawning fish around like cypress trees those were good too um, around docks all right I, I think we got frogs how about weight baits that's definitely one that I mean, I've, I've thrown some of the bigger ones, but it, like the smaller ones, I've definitely not thrown those. So, what's a tell me about your wake baits? Wake baits, uh, one of the best wake baits I like is a Rapala. I don't know what it's called. Long skinny, almost looks like a jerk bait. Uh, that's a really good one that I've been throwing a lot. Let's shoot there's like gizzard chat around. Um, Rapala, I forget what it is. Gerald Swindle uses it a lot. I saw him throwing it. It's got three treble hooks, a little feather tail. That's uh that's a really good one. And uh the other wake bait that I throw is the six cents like speed shed. They made a uh, speed speed wake. That's a good one. I got one of those on like a bluegill uh color. And I have a few other ones. They're just kind of like random mixing them. Whoa. Oops, sorry. Am I still there? Yeah, you're good. Cool. Um, that's some random one. Oh, what's that other one? It's a, a knockoff of something. I, I paint them up myself. I got them just from China. Um, Buzz Buzz J, Buzz Jet Junior. Who makes that? Evergreen. No, that's a Derek. Depths. Yeah, that's a good one. Got, I mean, I don't know if it worked. I got some knockoffs of those that I just I paint up myself, uh, and that buzz bait, a buzz jet junior, I like a lot. Wake baits for the most part, I'll throw one of the bigger ones. I don't think I've ever caught a dang fish off of one. Really? Do you have the yeah. little size or the small? Yeah. A little small one. I got. Yeah, it's a small. It's like less than a hundred centimeters, like a ninety, equal to like a ninety size the whopper popper probably. Uh, I like that when it's just really finesse, like really, really finessey, dead calm. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw that. It just has like a slight little wiggle and player, you know, the little prop in the back kicks up a little bit of water. Um, I like that one just on, on straight mono, actually. Usually when I'm using that, wake baits in general, they're not a lure you're going to be able to make like really long casts with for the most part. Uh, to do make a really long cast with a wake bait, you're gonna have to lift your rod like way up like that a lot of times to get it to get it going. What's gonna happen is if you make a long cast and you're just working it regularly, it's it's not gonna wake. It's gonna go underneath the surface like a few inches. Most of the times when I'm using a wake bait, I'm using a little shorter rod and a little shorter cast. You know about say 50 feet or so is 60 feet is about how long your casts are going to be at the long, you know, the farthest. Um, why, why a weight bait? Just like, I'm trying to think of a situation that would throw a weight bait. Just, I guess, submerge grass or murk. Yeah. Everything. I like it along riprap a lot. Like it's really calm along riprap, that little my buzz jet junior. I'll throw it like right up against the shore. 
uh, it's like a buzz bait or something like that. It's just making too much, a little too much noise or commotion. Uh, that's something that's working good. Usually it's, yeah, when they don't want, yeah, a buzz bait or, or one of those other baits, it's just too, too loud for them. They want something just really subtle. Um, that's when I'll throw those wake baits. Mm. The more like flat calm. More calm, yeah. Very rarely, I can't even think of a time really where I've thrown a wake bait when there's um, much much top on the water. Um, another one that I throw is like the old, the bigger uh, wake baits, like the um, what's it? Not a, I want to say MC Hammer, but that's not it. The what is it called? Something Hammer, <laughs> MC Hammer. Uh, or oh, a slammer or a slammer i don't know that one i forget it's a bigger it's a bigger wake bit like a six seven inch uh i throw that a lot i've got a black one that i throw that a lot it's good how about devil's horse i don't even know what category that is the devil's horse uh no i do have some of those and prop bait it's just like a prop bait they also make like yeah. those uh, that's something I throw a little bit. Mostly we just went on down in Florida. Yeah, I, there's other times where they make those other little prop baits, like the shorter. The Devil's Horse is kind of a long, skinnier one with two props on it. Makes a lot of noise, and it's just one of those things where certain parts of the country, they just they, they just really like that. Typically in Florida, maybe in Texas too, I've heard. Is it but... just like Fenfish Ford? Says why they... that's, that's part of it. I've heard that, yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely heard that before. A lot of times those other prop baits, like the, um, oh, what's it called? They make these little bluegill ones when the bluegill are spawning. Um, I know like Lucky Craft makes, uh, Kelly Jordan makes a signature series one that I've used a little bit. There's another one actually, I don't know if it's a copy of that one or what, it's an Academy, the H2O Express or whatever. They had this little prop bait, but I've caught a lot of fish on that. Uh, it's just a small, like 75 size bait and uh, typically just works around around the bluegill spawn. When you see, especially when you see little bluegill like coming up to the surface and just like popping the surface a little bit and coming down, popping the surface. Uh, something that uh, you're going to work a little, little bit slower, just like pop, pop, and let's say it almost like a popper. It's very similar to popper, just makes a little bit more ruckus and noise and the profile is a little bit different than a prop popper, but, um, yeah, I guess, I guess. And then what's left is everything else. Like the crate, like a gizmo, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, I can't have used the stuff. They make like spiders, that big savage here or something. Somebody makes a big yeah, they're lo lo lunker hunt. Lunker hunt, yeah, yeah. I've never used that. I've never learned. They make anything worth throwing. No. <laughs> well, they got little dragonflies. There's a, yeah, I think we covered most of the the, the categories. I'd say. Do you throw any of that crazy stuff? Do you have like one in your box that's like this is like? Well, I mean, you know, I don't want your juice, but you, you know what I'm saying, like. Do you have something crazy in your box nobody else would throw Not that's a top water bait. I got some weird stuff that I make, but um not that that's top water bait. I stick to most of this the stuff is uh pretty tried and true, you know, stuff that's um 
that's worked for, for a lot of people. It's yeah, all, all those lures I listed off as far as in each little category, like the poppers have like the little kind of the ones that aren't super mainstream or whatever you want to call it, like the yellow magic or the, um, you know, little Iovino popper or, you know, but the walking baits, like the Vixens always, uh, you know, all, all those are like known if you're, your hardcore tournament anglers mostly heard about those those baits or whether it's the walking uh the pencil popper like the evergreen shower blow there's always like mm-hmm. kind of those random top water baits that that are uh you know not your standard just like striking you know whatever kind of baits you know there's some definitely some and there's some other ones that I, i'm sure i don't know of too some japanese ones or there's so many different, especially hard baits and soft baits, just lures in general. It's, it's pretty hard to, to try them all at this point, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, it's so hard to get too far out of the box on stuff because we only have so much room, you know? Yeah. And it's also a, ma- a matter of like, do I really want to mess with these kind of uh, abstract topwater baits where it's going to be you know if it's where if i need to get one it's going to be hard to get you know okay yeah. the other thing is uh i like kind of like i said using the tried and true stuff and i don't always stick to it uh, because i'm not sponsored by any bluer companies a lot of lures i make myself you know i get the um I'm able to to use a variety of baits and aren't stuck to like oh just this brand or just this brand, uh, which is nice, especially for hard baits because it's hard to find a, a hard bait company where you can chase it all. Yeah, where it makes it all. They do a lot of times they do make it all, but you know there's other times where it just like whether it's the evergreen shower blow or the yellow mat, you know where there is something that possibly works better, and I'd rather have. You know the the opportunity to use those those baits and be committed to to one brand. Have you ever thrown the Hellraiser? How about that one? No, what is that? I heard of it. It's it's a Z-Man deal where it's got like a almost like a metal blade on the front, kind of like a clacker, and then it's long and skinny, and the back sits in the water. Okay, kind of goes side to side. Interesting. Have you thrown it? I, I have no. Uh, no. Huh. Uh, not not that it doesn't work. I've just. I'm sure there's there's a time and place yeah, for all of those. Like I'm sure there's there's times where, I say, especially the lakes get a lot of pressure and stuff too. Where they see a lot, you yeah. know, summertime and they're seeing all kinds of top water bait. Sometimes those random ones like that can really make a difference. I mean, the one lure I will actually that we haven't talked about that I like throwing is. Uh, uh, it's a bigger swim bait. It's called a Lunker Punker. Uh, I used to throw it. It's been out for a while. I don't think they make them anymore, but it's a big, they make a six and an eight inch. Uh, it's a hand carved, just like wood, wood bait, walking bait. And I've caught a lot of, a lot of fish. I was throwing it this year. It's been a while. I threw it a lot in California, especially for like big stripers and caught some really big bass on there as well. And, uh, once I moved out to Tennessee, I've been throwing it around and it wasn't until I was at the, uh, Harris Chase, uh, Seminole, was it Florida? Is that Seminole? Yeah. It's on the border there. Yeah. Like in May, the Hobie at Seminole, um, I had that bait on and they were, 
freaking crushing I took off the hooks and in pre-fish, I was, oh my God, I had so many, like five to eight pounders on that thing. Just eat. I took the hooks off, so I didn't get a hook on, and then tournament time comes and um and yeah they they weren't eating i got one big one i got like a yeah seven pounder on it that was the only one i got but those some of those bigger top waters especially that one was, was a big staple for me back in the day and um then yeah it doesn't have any rattles that's the thing is it was working good uh at a lot it's just all just wood no rattles no noise moves a lot of water does really wide you can just pop it hard and it'll glide like two feet this way and then like two feet that way if you just kind of knock it hard enough as you're walking it um yeah Lunker punker jr one of my favorite top waters for sure how about rats i do you know i would like yeah i guess the oh it's the ms slammer that's what it is ms slammer that's kind of like a similar bigger wake bait i haven't thrown it in rats but that ms slammer is is pretty similar like profile and uh that's a wake bait that was the one i was trying to think of i got a few of those and i've caught some some big fish on on those as well i want to get some rat it's just too hard to to throw to get everything i guess but uh that's some of i've seen you know i've seen them they, they sure look good i'm sure they have their time and place nick dyer dude your second place guy that's his favorite bait a rat is it cool yeah, um, it's amazing how much he loves to throw on things, and the collection that he has is is pretty ridiculous. Like he has multiple rat rods, just no. for rats. Yeah, dang. Well, he he fishes down. You know, he's in Georgia, and he fishes pretty holy with big rats. Gotcha. Sholies eat those too. That's awesome. Only got to fish for those a couple times down on the Flint River, but. They're fun. They eat big for, yeah, being a fish with a smaller mouth, like a spotted bass or a small mouth, you know, they eat big baits. I say even more so than, than the other two, you know, bigger baits than the small mouth or the, or the spots. They, they like big baits down there. Nobody throws big swim baits and it's had some, some good luck. Hmm. But, all right. Well, I think we hit it all with that. I, I want to give you a chance to shout out anybody that makes fishing easier for you. Who, who you got besides your rod? I still got to try out more of your, what you're doing. you like this. I've had a couple of years with it now and I, I love that rod. I'm, I'm not just saying that. Um, on my sponsors here, Torquedo, iRod, Wilderness Systems, Dakota Lithium, Music City Outdoors, Catch Outdoors, um torpedo and yak attack and you know all the tournament organizations bassmaster kbf and hobie definitely appreciate um just opportunities they create for uh for having these tournaments for us to fish and also like to thank you daniel for for having me on and let me chat about some top water <laughs> anytime man but i appreciate you being on and i appreciate y'all listening and we'll, we'll see y'all again next week see you guys